This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest movies and television shows in the entertainment industry each week. I am your host, Justin Strawn, and joining me each week is the other host of the Main Attraction Podcast, a guy who knows how important details are in an investigation, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I am excited to talk about Swolock Holmes. <laughs> oh, that is an awesome name. I like I like that Swolock Holmes. That was I, I stole that from Chris Ryan from The Ringer. Oh, did you? Okay, <laughs> I, I like that. Are they doing a show on? Are they doing a show on this? They had uh, one of their shows. They they mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, cool! They, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. You know what, you know what show it was? It was uh, The Watch. Uh, Jason Manzoukas was on there, and they, they discussed Reacher. Ooh, okay. I'll have to check that out. Absolutely. All right. So if you have been listening to our podcast since the start, we appreciate it. We're glad to have you back with us as always. If this is your first time listening, we hope that uh, you enjoy the show as we have a lot to talk about with these first four episodes of Reacher. If you do enjoy the show and you want to help support the show and get exclusive content, there's a few bonus content episodes over at our Patreon. Head over to our Patreon and become a member of the Main Attraction Podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can support us at a $3, 5 10 or $20 level. There are explanations of all the benefits that come with each of them on the website over there. No new patrons this week, but if you do decide to start supporting the show before our next episode, we'll shout you out on the show like we have on, with all of our patrons. Oh, and let me, let me shout out a patron, Maggie Hicks. Uh, her husband, Jim, has read all the Reacher books, and I used him. He oh. answered several questions that I will bring up tonight. Good. So Good. thank you, Maggie and Jim. Yeah, because I, I have no I have no prior... I have no prior dealings with the character of Jack Reacher, so that will be good knowledge to have. So, uh, If you like the show but can't be a patron, head over to Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star rating. It goes a long way in helping the show get out to new people. And if you have time, write us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, we'll read it on our next show. So, All right, so Reacher. Obviously, if you don't know what Reacher is, it is a show on Amazon Prime Video. Amazon is really weird about their uh, about their droppings how they um, their droppings that's not a really good way to say that uh, how they drop their shows sometimes they do all the episodes at once sometimes they do a few at a time this one they dropped all eight at one time uh, did you watch all have you watched all eight or did you just do just the first four like we're doing I, I watched all eight and it was a good move by them Okay. This is a very bingeable show. Yeah, I stopped at four because I was afraid if I didn't stop at four, I might end up spilling something that goes into the next one. Uh, so I did. I purposely stopped at four. Uh, but so I was going to ask you if you thought it was a smart idea or a, a bad idea to go ahead and drop all eight. So yeah, you, I but, think I think this is a good idea. This is a reminds me of an old CBS show from the eighties, like Magnum PI. That's good. And, That's good call, and, and, and uh, Simon and Simon and those kind. Of, this is a show where. Turn your brain off, sit back, and just have a good time, and you will you will you will smile. You will be happy you watch this. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good show. Like I said I said this last week when I did the recommendations for it, as it was one of my recommendations. I was I'd heard it was good. I'd heard good things about it. I was not real certain what I was going to think about the show going into it because I had such a bad experience with Alan. Is it Alan Rickson? Is that who? Alan Richson. Richson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, from his time on Titans, I just didn't like his character. And, you know, when you don't like a character on a show, you tend to associate everything with the actor itself. And, you know, that's not necessarily fair to him, but it's just it's just what happens. Uh, 
but so I wasn't really sure how much I would like this. But he is really good in this role. He really is. Uh, what's been your overall impression? Well, let's, I'll tell you what. Before we get into that, I think we do need to talk about the movie. I did not see the 2012 movie. You told me last week that you had seen it. Yeah, I've seen both both movies, and I enjoyed them both. Did you? But I knew I knew from the get go the biggest complaint was that Tom Cruise was this character, and that is the big. Like, uh, that's an interesting casting decision that they decided to go with that in the original. I guess they were just going for star power than anything else because I mean these two people are nothing alike. <laughs> yeah, right, they're nothing alike. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so what what are some similarities and differences you've seen in the in the book, in the in the show, and in the film. So the similarities. Reacher is kind of a similar character. How he thinks things out. Mm-hmm. He's kind of quiet. Uh, you know, he he uses his words. Uh, you know, carefully. Uh, he uses carefully. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Tom Cruise did that as well. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, even though he doesn't have this size, you know, Reacher is supposed to be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise doesn't have that, but Tom Cruise, one of the greats of all time, let's just say, right, it, a lot more charismatic than this guy, and he brought that to that character, which made it a, a very watchable movie. Right. I, I, if you watch these, I still think if you watch these movies, uh, you, especially since you're not a book reader, you, I think you you will enjoy them. It's, yeah. it's a good action. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really really good. It's like I said, there are. It, this is not a book that has ever interested me. There are there are a lot of books that have like uh, you typically have to, for me to get interested in a book. I've got to go to like sci-fi and stuff like that. That's the only thing that can hold like my interest. I've tried reading. I will say, I say that, and I've read like almost every John Grisham book. So, <laughs> so maybe I'm not as quite as as true to that root as I think I am. But yeah, this is a book. This is a show that if you're not reading the book, I, I think you'll still end up coming out really well. So, what did uh, Maggie's husband have to say about? What are some of the things that he had to say about this uh, show and about the book in general? So loved it. Huge fan of the book. Read. I think there's 26. Fan of all 26. Oh wow. He said lo- loves what. Uh, God, I can't think of his name. Alan Rickson. Alan Richson loves what he's doing. He is, he is Reacher from the book. That's that like says. Because a couple of questions I asked for him, and this is, I, I know at first they did it because of, they had to do it because Tom Cruise was there. They were they were saying, hey, I'm sorry we had Tom Cruise. So they overemphasize how tall he is. Mm-hmm. Especially in the first two episodes. Oh, yeah, they do. They they went. I mean, over and over again. Yeah, they they may go out there and say a lot of times that he is six five. I am six five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I asked Jim about that. I was like, "Is this in the book too?" Mm. And Jim said, "Yes." Not really. Okay. That they want you to know that he is the biggest man in every room, because like my wife made the perfect. They act like he's Andre the Giant. <laughs> they do. They they do act like that quite a he's, bit. He's just six foot five and two hundred and fifty pounds of frontier justice. We know that, which was a great <laughs> line. But like, you know, I mean, I'm short, so I'm not gonna lie. But like, I see, I know people are six foot five. It's not like they walk in a room and everyone's like, oh my god. Right. Now, granted, so I mean, like, I, I do think they were just overemphasizing how big he was. Now, I do think you're right about that. But I will say this: he has a presence about him. Oh, he does. That is compelling. I mean, like I said, and. That is a presence that does not – like I said, my previous dealings with him was in Titans, and that is not something that he had 
in that show. I mean, he is that same big, huge guy, but his presence and the way that he just kind of consumes a room when he is in it isn't the same as it is in this show because, I mean, when he walks into a room, it's like people can't help but take notice. I mean, he just has that way about him. And like I said, it's just something that... It's something I'm surprised that he was able to pull off just because I did not see it in Titans. Uh, so that's one of the things I've, I've really enjoyed about this show. Well, let's let's talk about him a little bit. Can this be a breakout role for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually listened to a podcast with him because I was interested in him. And he was so much different than I thought he was going to be. Uh, he uh, has been battling mental health issues mm-hmm. uh, the last few years. And he kind of hinted at that he has a Marvel character coming. Oh, really? Yeah, so, and he's doing more stuff with Titans, so, um, I think so, because he could act. He yeah. Was, he was really good, and, you know, we're going to talk about this in Tyrion Lannister. This show doesn't work if he's not good. Yeah, I mean, when you, well, that's the way it has to be. When you have a show that is a titled character, you that character has to work, and it's one of the issues that you had with, with Book of Boba Fett, which we discussed in detail for three weeks, that he was not always as compelling as he should have been. And that's one of the reasons why that show, it had its good moments, but it also had its bad moments, and it just didn't always work as well. He has to be good. He has to be the one that carries the show. Because when you say this show is called Reacher, <laughs> you better nail that character. Uh, so and, and for the most part, I think that they, they have. I think they've done a really good job about uh, job with that. What about this show, to you, makes it so compelling? Um... I, I just like uh, a character that, you know, and I called him Swolock Holmes, but has that Sherlock Holmes kind of aspect to him where he's, you know, thinking everything out and he's very calculated and, and, and measured and everything he does. I, I think that's interesting. Uh, also, you know, this show is really good because of his partners, right. uh, Roscoe and Finley. They, mm. I mean, they are fantastic they are and 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 i think that's what really the the other characters of the show you could kind of forget them oh there's one i don't think you can we'll talk about them talk about him a little bit but uh because there's one i do want to want to go over but this show the reason i think it's so compelling is just because when the moment you see him come on screen and he makes that walk to that diner and the police just kind of come rushing in on him you know that there's going to be something going on like why why are the police coming after him why are why is all this happening all this so quickly into the episode uh into the season and you're like why is this guy here because he just got off a bus what there's a lot of questions you have and he just becomes such an interesting character from the start because at first he doesn't say a thing we're probably like 15 minutes in the show before he says a word and i'm like I was like, I thought I saw him saying things in like the trailers and the previews, but maybe he didn't. And then he finally does talk. And you see why he doesn't say much, because he is a very guarded person. And it's, I just like the fact that you have this guy who is so big, who is so huge, who has muscles popping out of muscles. And he, he, he can't do the things that he does in fights without being as strong as he is. But he knows what he is. He uses his brain to know what he is capable of to inform how he fights. It's not just, I am stronger than you, I am bigger than you, and I, that's the reason I'm going to beat you up. It's, I know what I am capable of, I know what you are capable of, therefore, that is what gives me such a huge advantage. That's yeah. what I like about this. 
No, you're absolutely right, including the fight scene uh, in the prison. Like, he almost, like, he was measuring it. He was calculating it. He was figuring out exactly what he was going to do mm-hmm. before he even makes a move. Like, he knew each step he was going to do in that fight. Right. Each, each of the fight they've shown in the first four episodes are like that. And I like that. I like where where you, you know that this guy's thinking way ahead. He's, he's one step ahead of everyone else. I, I love that. Yeah, he's always he's always one step ahead. He always has he always has his next move calculated. There's this one I think it's in the fourth episode, maybe the third episode, I can't remember which. But when he and Roscoe uh, check into that hotel and he moves his bed away from yeah. the window, I mean everything is calculated. Everything is thought out. I mean he he has every possible scenario already planned out in his head and like I said it's it's just you wouldn't expect to see that from a guy who, who is as strong as he is because you can just kind of rely on your strength to carry you through a lot of things, and he knows he can't. Uh, and that's just one of the things I like about him. Uh, but there are other good characters in this, in this show. Well, you've mentioned two of them. Will Fitzgerald, who plays the character of Roscoe. They hint at a romantic relationship throughout most of the first four episodes, and they finally pay it off there in, was it episode three or four? I think it was. I think it was four. I think it was four, if if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, so they finally get that. What have you thought about her? I, I I know I've seen her from someplace, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't really recognize her, but she is really good. This is going to be a a really role for her where she can build on. I, you know, there was. I went back and forth uh, on giving one of the awards to her mm-hmm. because I, I think she is really strong mm-hmm. and, and just doing just some, some remarkable stuff. Like I said, this is a, this is a, a role that could go wrong very easily, mm-hmm. but she's, she's got some skills. I w- I've been very impressed with her. What I found was interesting about her when we were first introduced to her and for most of the show, she is in her police uniform and she's attractive there, but when she gets out of the police uniform into her 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 going out clothes and all, you see just how truly attractive she actually is. So they do a really good job of kind of like covering some of that up without just by doing like putting her in that uniform, putting her hair in you know right. a less than attractive ponytail. But she still you still see the attractiveness, but it's it's definitely covered up, and they don't make her just that you know that that sex object that a lot of shows could have and would have probably done with her. Uh, so that's one of the things I have really enjoyed about her character and one of the things I've really liked about her. Uh, Malcolm Goodwin, though, as Oscar Finley, he I absolutely love. Yeah, he I is agree. great. Uh, he plays Oscar Finley, who is the captain, who came from Boston. And the one of the best sequences in this entire show is at the beginning when Finley is interrogating... Reacher and Reacher is basically telling him everything about himself. I mean, I love watching that little that that dialogue yeah. between the two of them. Yeah, they have they have, and it, it it's even more in the the other episodes. They have a really good relationship, a back and forth. And you know, I know these are based on. on unfortunately, Finley and Roscoe are not in any of the other books, mm-hmm. so I don't know if we'll see them again. But th- these characters have really good chemistry and and like you said malcolm malcolm goodwin really gets to shine and uh mm-hmm. I, i've been very impressed i looked at his 
resume, and I, I really, he was main character in iRobots. I never watched that, or Zo- iZombie, something. Yeah, I, I never saw it. Yeah. Like I said, he looks familiar, but he's nothing that I've actually seen. Yeah. Uh, my One of my favorite lines, though, is in that first interrogation when uh, he, he tells, basically, he tells Reacher something that insinuates that he's about to get locked up, about to get sent, to, uh, sent away to lockup, and Reacher's like, what do you mean by that? And he says, you can tell me exactly why I got divorced, but you can't figure out what's going on right now. <laughs> I was like, that is an awesome line right there. Uh, but one of the other characters, there, there are two other characters that tell me as soon as I saw them, like, oh, I'm assuming they're going to be the bad guys. I, don't spoil it for our listeners or for me. But when Curry Graham, who plays Kilner, when he walks on, I, I don't know where I've seen him, but everywhere I have seen him, I know he has played the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> is... Uh... I thought the same thing. He's been in a lot of shows and normally a villain. But Bruce McGill, who plays Grover Teal, yeah. he has been in a lot of stuff, and he has always been just a sleazeball of a character. So <laughs> He has, but mostly known for me for D-Day from, uh, from Animal House, and then also he was the sleazy sheriff using his horrible southern accent again in my cousin Vinny. oh yeah he, that's right he was i forgot he played in my cousin Vinny, but yeah like i said i mean I, they are absolute sleazeballs uh like i said i have not gone past the first four i'm assuming that they are going to be somehow tied into whoever is ultimately responsible for all this i'm assuming that is the case uh if they don't kudos to them for doing a misdirect but uh, i'll be interested to see how that plays out and that's another thing i'm glad they brought two you know well-known character actors like those guys you know, real that I know that guy. You know, right. So that that well, and you, you know, they're not guys that you just automatically think, oh, well, that's that role, that's that role. It's right, just, right. It's just guys you know you've seen and you just have certain feelings associated with them. So yeah, to bring you know acting like that, that 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 just makes this show even better. It does, and like I said, it's it's really well done. It's uh, and I like I said, it's, I've just been surprised at just how how well it's been done. Uh, you know, I kind of want to go back and maybe read some of the books after watching at least what I've watched, and I'm going to eventually do get done watching the rest of the series. Uh, you know, just see where they might take some of these the other shows. I mean, this is already, according to Amazon, this is uh, one of their top five most ever viewed shows. So th- they're going to bring this character back, and they're going oh, to do the, more, they're, oh, do yeah, more with them. Season two is approved like the second day it came oh, out. Oh, was it? Okay, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. Uh, but, yeah, it, and it makes sense because, like I said, it's a really compelling show. It, and it's it's one of those shows that you want to watch it and you're, you want to go see it. And, but it's, it's not like it's this deep intellectual show. Oh, yeah. But it is a show that just is fun to watch. It's fun to watch the characters uh, just come together and watch them interact with each other and play off each other. The banter between everybody in the show is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, like I said, like I said, I can't wait to see how they play out the rest of, of this, this season. Uh, when I start watching, I'm probably going to start watching the next episode as soon as we be done recording, but it's just, yeah, a, and I'm, it's glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because, uh, and I apologize for cutting you no, off, but, uh, it, this is a show where you can relax and you can have fun. Uh, I don't know why streamers... Everything doesn't have to be prestige TV. No, it doesn't. One of the shows I like that my wife and I both enjoy, and it's similar to this, is Outer Banks on Netflix. Have yeah, I've, been, I've wanted to watch it. I just never have found the time it's, to get It's like in. this. It's just fun. Don't think about the plot. Reacher's wrong. The details don't matter. Don't think about the plot too much. <laughs> 
But these, I don't know why every streamer should have a show like this every couple of months that yeah, they can put out that you could just watch, have fun. You don't have to. You're not going to be thinking about the plot for weeks. Right. You just you can. If you had a bad day, you could put this on and enjoy yourself. They could do twenty seasons. They could do twenty to twenty six books of this. Mm, they could. And you know, th- this is. I was describing to somebody. This is like a CBS procedural or USA that has more violence, right? Uh, more language and a small amount of nudity. Right. It's 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 um it's kind of like a more serious version of Burn Notice. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Good call. Good. That's a good comparison. So I mean, they, there's a lot of similar tone and everything. So I think I think that's a uh, if you're looking for something to compare it to and you haven't watched it, I think that's a really good thing to compare it to. So let's talk about some. We'll get into like our weekly awards in just a minute. But uh, what are some of the your favorite moments that you've seen out of the show? The first four episodes, anyway. Well, um, let, let me discuss a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I, I do have to bring up some things. So the one thing I will say, shouldn't he be filthy? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you would you would think so. And like he 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 does get some scratches and some bruises on occasion. But even in these fights, even though he is obviously you know the more dominant, he should still have probably a little bit more battle scoring. Well, well I'm not even talking about this. Is a guy that does is wearing the same clothes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's not in the shower every day. Right. I was just like, uh, come on, man, you're looking like you know a J Crew model. Yeah, that is probably and, one complaint that you you could definitely have about the show and then the other thing can a man that size six foot five 250 pounds of frontier justice just go to any thrift store and find find a pair of jeans i don't think you would especially not ones that fit as well as the ones he's wearing so i mean yeah that's probably an issue because in a small town like this place is because that's probably one thing that we haven't that's that's kind of like a character in itself margrave georgia it, it plays it's it's a small town and it's kind of like its own character in the cast. Uh, so when that man walks into that into that town, I can't imagine there's just a ton of places for him to buy things because uh, yeah. the, the, he takes a specific type of store in clothing articles to be able to fit him. And I can't imagine that Margrave Georgia would have those things. Yeah, and then uh, we got to talk about the Southern tropes. Oh yes, please. What's your first one? Well. When and, and I'm going to tell you, I, I've i lived in Mississippi and Alabama my whole life. Uh, uh, Justin, I don't think you've lived in Mississippi your whole life. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard Patsy Cline on the radio and thought, we have to dance because Patsy Cline is on the radio? <laughs> I've no, never thought that. No What's Southerner that? has ever said that. I don't know why. I don't know why these shows and movies that have something in the South, there's always, whether it's Leonard Skinner right. in Sweet Home Alabama, there's always some dumb Southern trope of like where some music like this plays and they're like, oh, we got to dance now. No one's doing that. No, no one has no ever that. heard Patsy Klein and thought, oh, we got to hit the dance floor. Yeah, I remember that was, I think, in episode two. I was like, no, yeah. no you don't. You don't have to dance for that. It's, it's and, perfectly fine. Yeah, and there were some, uh, I didn't write them all down, but there were some other like Southern colloquialisms that I was like, no one says this. Right, where, exactly. Where did you get this from? Uh, and that, that was the one thing I was like, that you know, and we're we're southern, so it's even harder. But th- right. these these shows that and the accents are terrible. Yeah, I was okay, I was going to get to that. I was like, what do you think of the accents so far? Horrible. Yeah, they're you not. Know, good. I mean, you know, it drives me crazy. I think. I, have you watched Hills? You have not watched Hills. No, I've not. 
I think they do it. They're in Georgia as well. I think they do okay. a much better job with accents. But I don't know why people just assume that you have to be Nick Cage and Con Air when you're doing a Southern <laughs> accent. I don't know why. You know, not all of us sound like that. Right. Exactly. And you know, the Southern accent is so weird to me because, like, you can train like. Australian, British people, you can train them to have really good, just, you know, Midwestern American accents. Uh, you can do the same with an American actor for a British accent or an Australian accent. But for some reason, linguistic coaches, they can't train a good Southern accent. No. I, I don't know the last time I saw a good Southern accent in a show. I, I can't remember one. Well, and a lot of people... And Daniel Craig is, is guilty of this. Mm-hmm. They do what Bruce McGill is doing, this Colonel Sanders type of accent. It's oh, yeah. really bad. Yeah. I mean, as much as I loved uh, Knives Out, that it, his accent, it, it could have been, it, it wasn't good, but it, it could have been a lot worse. I was yeah. really surprised yeah. that Daniel Craig wasn't as, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be going into that show, uh, that movie. But, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, like I said, I just don't. Maybe we're harping on this just too much because we are Southern, but so. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's when it's done poorly, it stands out so so easily to those of us who who live in this area. Because I mean, like I said, we both have Southern accents, but it's not just so thick like they're trying to put yeah. on in, in in this show, you know. Right. Um, so I mean, that's because that's what it sounds like a lot of times when they're doing yeah. it. But but yeah. uh What's but, my, uh, go ahead. But, I, but you were talking about the things I like, the fight scenes. The fight scenes are really good. And Mr. Uh, Richardson, Richens, Richardson uh, in this podcast, he mentions that he did most of the stunts. Yeah, he, he is. He does most of his stunts on, in almost everything that he does. Uh, he did most of his stunts in Titans, so I'm not surprised to see that he did most of the stunts in here. Uh, they are just really well choreographed fight scenes. And like I was saying earlier, you can tell when he is fighting that Ritson does a really good job of portraying this, that he is thinking the entire time he is fighting. He is not just slinging punches out there. Uh, he has When a fight is coming to him, he is thinking about every single Every single aspect. I mean, that fir- that fight that you see at the hotel when those four guys uh, come up to him. I think it's in episode one, maybe episode two. I think it's episode yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he tells them, uh, three of you are about to go to the hospital, and there are four of them there. And he's like, well, there's four of us here. And he's like, well, one of you got to drive. I mean, he has everything planned going into that fight. I mean, it, he comes up with the plan that quickly. And like I said, he's not just relying on his muscles just to – to overwhelm his opponent, he he has a plan and he he executes it every single time. And I'm going to tell you, I am a sucker for an action scene where the guy tells you three, three of you are going <laughs> to the hospital and one of you is going to need to drive. When he said that, I was like, yes. Yeah, you you know something's about to happen as soon as soon as they tell you exactly what's going to happen in a fight. You know it's going to be a good one, and that's exactly what he does. I mean, it's really sad because like like those guys. What, what's great about this is like he recognizes when like there is somebody who is skilled and who is trained because like those guys, he takes out real quick. But when the uh, people from central America who are sent after him, you know, you kind of think they're going to be the same way, but he's like, no, these guys are good because I didn't kill them in like 10 seconds. Yeah. That was a great line. (laughs) He's like, like, what else did Finley asked him? Like, well, what else told you about him? He gives all these, all this stuff about why he thinks they're they're military from Central America. He's like, but I also didn't kill them in ten seconds. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm really harping on that. That's the most important thing. 
Yeah. And I liked, uh, I think it was in episode three where he is tracking those guys mm-hmm. down and he jumps out of the car. Right. So it will stop and then he gets behind them. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. was, that was cool. That was cool because the entire time that they're following him and he's, he's watching them, he's trying to get, he wants them to be close enough that they can still follow him, but he wants to be far enough ahead of them that he can divert them the way that he does. Like I said, when you have a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a show like this, an action show like this, that everything is so well thought out. I mean, fight scenes are great, but what takes it to another level is when everything has a specific plan, a specific thing that they want to accomplish in those action scenes. And this one does a really good job of that, I think. Uh, all right, do we want to go ahead and do some weekly awards? Yeah, let's do some weekly awards. All right, so uh, if you're new to the show, when we're not covering the end of a season, and since we're just doing the first four episodes of this, uh, we have three awards that we give out. The first one is our Tyrion Lannister, who is the MVP of the show. It could be the main character. It could be somebody else. Uh, who is your Tyrion Lannister for the first four episodes of Reacher? So this one was hard. I, I went back. I, at one point, I thought it, I thought I was going to pick Roscoe. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was in the Finley boat. I thought about picking all three of them, but man, I, I think you got to pick Reacher. Uh, and and, I, and one of the reasons is I had a conversation with my friend Andrew Deck, who is also a listener. He made a good point, and, and not everyone is John Cena. John right. Cena could play this role incredibly. Yeah, he could. But there's there's not a lot of John Cenas. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Alan Richardson can pull this off shows a lot of how good he is. Right. So because of that, I'm going to have to give it to him. And then also, after listening to this podcast, I found out he tore an oblique and had to have shoulder surgery right. immediately afterwards. This was a rushed production. He okay. had to work six days a week. Oh, wow. And uh, really, really did a number on him. So just the, just the physical and mental toll that it must have taken on him. i got to give it to him anymore because, as I mentioned, this show doesn't work without him. And how many, you know, and he's not six foot five, he's six foot two. Right. Uh, but, like, how many guy, big guys, you know, Cena could do this. Mm. Uh, the Rock, maybe. Right. Probably, yeah. But, like, besides them, there's not a lot of guys like this. And Alan Richardson's right there with them. So yeah. I got to give him the Tyrion. And, and you mentioned something that's kind of in there, because uh, I'm giving it to Alan Richardson as well. I think he is the Tyrion Lannister. But you kind of said you thought about maybe giving it to all three of them. The This show requires Willa Fitzgerald, who is Roscoe, and Malcolm Goodwin, who is Finley. They have to be almost as good as Richardson for this entire thing to work. Uh, Reacher is the star. It is about him. But the interactions that he has with those two characters is so important. I think most important, though, is his interactions with Finley. uh, Because Finley is trying to keep him under control, and he can't. I mean, he so desperately wants to be in charge and wants to make sure that... It's not a a Barney Five type thing. Don't don't get me wrong when, when I'm saying that, but... He is trying to keep control of his investigation, but Reacher has completely taken it over and is controlling it. And the the banter between those two, because they are so much, you know, uh, just such opposite forces of each other. Watching those two interact is is just absolutely phenomenal to watch. I mean, I love their interactions that he has with Roscoe. Uh, that's really good. But like I said, I think his interactions with Malcolm Goodwin probably are a little bit more more important to the show than it is with uh, Willow Fitzgerald. All right, you're Agatha all along. What is your best scene of the first four episodes? So I have two. Okay. 
The first is the prison fight in the bathroom. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, since Tango and Cash, I have I am just a big fan of prison fights, especially in a bathroom. <laughs> but just the way, man, and the way he takes those people out, just to breaking the the limbs, and right. you can hear the crunching and everything, and uh, hitting the guy in the sink. Uh, which in this podcast, he mentions the guy was like, "Okay, really knock me into the sink." Oh wow! So the stunt man <laughs> is really taking that beating. Wow. Yeah, so that was that was my first one because I thought I thought oh man that was great, and then my second one is at the end of episode one where we're in the morgue, uh-huh. which uh, I needed to mention the other character Harvey Gillian who plays Jasper. Uh, he's from What We Do in the Shadows, man. He's a fantastic character yes. out there. So he's he's a real. You're gonna see a lot more of him because he's he a medical showing, examiner, right? He's a medical examiner. Okay, yeah. So I want to I want to mention him because he's a, he's a great actor. You're gonna see a lot more of him. Uh, in, in many more shows, but yeah, uh, let, me, let me talk about him real quick. Uh, his, okay, yeah. his character is so good because all of a sudden, you know, they don't have murders in Murderave, Georgia, yeah. and all of a sudden now he's got all these bodies, and and he he is playing so well. The I don't know what I'm doing here. I this is way out of my depth, I and mean, and he is pulling that off really really well. But I like where they're visiting with him, and that's when Reacher realizes it's his brother, right? Mm-hmm. And so just when he's going through and he's like, well, he probably got this scar in Seoul, Korea and that, you know, and then you're like, what is, what is he talking about? That's, and then you find out it's his brother, which leads to them getting in the car and Reacher saying they, they're asking, like, so what are you going to do now? And he has the line, I guess I'll find everybody responsible and kill every last one of them. Yes. I mean, and then it leads to. The Rolling Stones, Can't You Hear Me Knocking, one of their best songs, right. cranking right at that moment. I was like, okay, that is awesome. Yeah, it, I mean, you sit there and tell the, the captain of the police force, I'm going to go kill all these guys. I mean, that just takes... I mean, yeah. that, that just takes something that most people would not have. Uh, my favorite scene is the that bathroom scene because I think that scene just, it sets the tone for what the show is going to be about or show what it's going to be like, especially when there are the fight scenes because it is going to rely heavily on those types of scenes throughout the course of the show. And that one really said a lot about it. Uh, I, I kind of put into consideration, because I, I think that first episode is so important in this entire show because yeah. you really need to bring people into to this show, especially considering the fact that the original movie was not well received. It wasn't. Uh, well, it wasn't well received by book readers. Oh yeah. Well, those was, are the people you're probably going to get though. With, yeah. Oh with yeah, this show. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you you want to make sure you try to get those people hooked in, and so like I said, there, there's a lot of scenes that the, in that first episode. I think that were so very very important, and but I think I think that that one in the in the bath, prison bathroom was probably at the top. So. All right, uh, the if you come at the uh, if you come at the king, you best not miss. That's the best line of the first four episodes. What is yours? Mine is actually from Roscoe, and it's in the first episode. It's it's in the actually the first couple of scenes where she said, and she's talking to Reacher, and she says, "Sir, if you step over here, I can process you." I'm not asking, sir. I'm telling, but don't worry. I won't kick your beep unless you make me. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Uh, honestly, you know what I went with? I went with every time that Reacher tells someone no. Because, like, no one, he, they, like, they're always, like, telling him something, and they're, like, you know, it's, like, it's not, they're not asking him a question. They're just telling him to do something. He's, like, no. 
and just goes and does whatever it is that he wants. I love the way he delivers that line. I love the way he goes about it, the way he pulls it off. I absolutely spectacularly love it because, like, every time he's getting ready, somebody's telling him what they're what he needs to do, what he's going to do. I'm just like, I'm like, he's about to tell him that, and it's going to be fun. I, I love when he does that. Oh, so those are our weekly awards. Your rating so far, you've seen the whole thing, uh, but try to remember where you were after the first yeah. four episodes. Where did you have this show after the first four? So I'm going to give it a Friends. A Friends? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, it, you know, there's some plot stuff that uh, oh, yeah. it, that I think holds it from being, you know, one of, uh, you know, the I, I just can't, I can't give it a, a lost or a game of thrones because of some of the plot stuff but i would watch 26 seasons right. of this i mean keep them coming I, i'm i'm here for it right and for, for me it's for me it's a lost and it, this is probably has more to do with the fact that i have been as when something surprises me how much i enjoy it i probably overrate it a little bit more and this is probably like i said i came into this really skeptical just because my previous opinion of al richardson what i'd seen from him in titans I wasn't that impressed with, and so when I see him doing this really well, it's it's probably making me overrate this some. But for for me, it's still a loss. I mean, like I said, I've enjoyed this well, really well. Well, I'm I may be underrating this because I'm recommending to people that they should watch it. So, right. like you know, if some people have asked me, "Hey, what's out there?" and I'm like, "I think you should watch Reacher." The one thing I will say, I think. If I'm overrating, if you're underrating, I, it's definitely Lost or Friends. It's it's right there together. It's definitely not a Game of Thrones. I will say that. Yeah, and, right, and, for and, sure. I mean, it's not like so compelling that I want to absolutely go watch. You know, if it were to come out, if the season two were to come out next week, I wouldn't just have to like watch all eight episodes immediately. So, right, for so, sure. So it's definitely not on that Game of Thrones level. So, all right. But so, if you if you give me one of these once a year, I'm in. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm the same way. I. I uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch it. And like I said, I I did have to force myself just to watch the first four, so I, I kind of wanted to keep going. But I was like, I want to make sure I don't spoil anything and get my episodes mixed up. Uh, all right. For these midweek episodes, what we are going to do, instead of doing recommendations, we are going to do some things that we're actually looking forward to. So uh, what's something you're looking forward to? So I'm starting the show Dope Sick on Hulu with oh, yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a serious one. It's about the Oxycontin mm-hmm. issues going on in the country. So we're starting that. Uh, it's you know got some good reviews, so I'm looking forward to getting that. Uh, I'm actually my I have Directv Stream, and this weekend they have a Epics uh, channel preview okay. and uh, Snake Eyes. Is oh, the GI Joe movie. Yeah, G.I. Jim, so I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I, I heard I heard some people said they liked it. I heard some people said they didn't like it, so yeah. that, that would be interesting to watch. Uh, for me, I, I wanted to – I'll start with this first one. Uh, I watched the first couple of episodes of Space Force last when it first came out on Netflix. I, for some reason, I, I just didn't finish it. And then when Space Force Season 2 came out, it reminded me I need to go back and watch it. So I want to go back and watch – the rest of Space Force season two, because the first few episodes I watched of uh, Space Force were absolutely hy- hysterical. I mean, they were just absolutely hysterical. I mean, just, I mean, it's absolutely playing on this a lot, just weird, 
you know, phenomenon that we have a space force now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that we have a space force. Uh, so, you know, they, they play on that just so very, very well. And like I said, I didn't get, I just, I just forgot about it. I don't remember why I didn't finish it, but I, I enjoyed what I saw. So I want to go back and finish it. And then I want to try to watch uh, season two of it because I'm sure I've heard it's even better than, than the first. Oh, one. so it's, it's out. Yeah, it's out. I think, okay, it came, I, didn't know. I think it came out as we are recording this on Friday night. Uh, so I think I read that it is coming out okay. on Friday night. So uh, okay, but, yeah, I watched the first season. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't as funny as I was expecting, but it was good. John Malkovich is very funny in yes, a show he like is. this. He is. He, that's a really good role for him. Uh, I like yeah. seeing him and Steve Carell together. That's a, that's a really good pairing, if you ask me. Uh, I, like I said, the other thing that piqued my interest is when because they just dropped the news that. The next, the fourth season of Stranger Things is coming out, uh, May twenty fifth. I love Stranger Things. Oh my goodness, I love Stranger Things. It's it's what I talked about this on our Patreon. Uh, I think it was our Patreon. Yeah. I, I yeah. talked about it on on some show, <laughs> uh, but we talked about this and the reason why I got into uh, kind of back into television. Yeah, it was our Patreon. Uh, was because uh, Stranger Things and it, it just kind of revolutionized my view of television. I, I, so I, I'm ready for it. Can I? Can we have just a brief conversation about this? Sure. I, I'm a little concerned though. Well, I, I yes. It's been three years. Yeah. There are these kids. These kids are all over 18 now. Some are in their 20s. Right. Yeah. This, this is a concern, and this is there's actually going to be a fifth season as well because they're ending yeah. it after season five. So my guess is they're going to do high school and then do a college season. That would be my assumption. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how they handle this because uh, the main, the original main character, Wolf. Finhard, is that his name? Yeah, yeah Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. It's something along those lines. I mean, he has grown up and he's he's really struggling with like going from adulthood uh, from teen to adulthood. You know, so there's I'll be interested to see how they handle that. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown though has been phenomenal. Oh and, yeah, and she is continuing to be phenomenal in everything that she does. Uh, you know, we're not doing recommendations, but she has a movie on on Netflix called Inella Holmes that is. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That is just great. I mean, it is. She plays Sherlock Holmes' sister. I, like I said, I just she she is going to be as long as she doesn't let the fall victim to all the child star stuff. She's going to be a name to remember for years to yeah. come. So, uh, but yeah, that like I said, I wasn't going to include that originally, but when it showed up, I was like, oh, I, I got to talk a little bit about Stranger Things because I just love that show so much. But yeah, you're right. There are some. There are some concerns. Um, we're going to trust the people who have done that show yes, to, yeah. to, to do it right. I'm just hoping that it's not a show that is going to end up going a season or two too long. So we'll have to kind of see on that. So, All right. Uh, that wraps up another episode of the Main Attraction Podcast. Uh, anything you want to say before we head out? Just appreciate you being here, and we'll see you next time. That's right. We will be we will be back. Let's see. We are doing uh, – what are we doing next time? We talked about that. We're finishing up Reacher. That's right. We're going to finish up Reacher, and then and we'll White also, Lotus. That's right. White a Lotus Patreon pick. Yeah, yeah. So let me just kind of before we head off, uh, let me go ahead and explain that to people. So uh, once a month, we are doing a 
patron pick where whoever is our patrons, and we have two, and since normally if we get a few more, whenever we get a few more, I'll actually put out a poll for them. But since Ryan knows our two patrons, he went to them personally and actually asked them. Uh, so that's a benefit of knowing who your actual patrons are. Uh, but they picked uh, The White Lotus. Uh, it is on HBO Max. So if you want to catch up with that, it's only six episodes. We're going to do the whole season uh, in one episode. Uh, that will be our midweek for our next. So basically about a week from today is when we'll end up uh, doing that on the show. So uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And like I said, if you haven't finished Reacher, uh, we're going to be finishing that uh, as well next week. So appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.